Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. All right, Woods people, the season is going to be here faster than you can imagine. I know you've all been out there dialing in your archery equipment. Actually, there's a real world out there, and if you're anything like me and my friends, you've been taking your time getting your bow ready. We'd never advocate for you being irresponsible, but we understand it's pretty easy to end up really busy this time of year. Hey, I've been busy building brownie points. Does it work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't carry over. Well, we decided to call up some of the experts to get some of their ideas on some of the things that might help you be more successful this season. That's a good thing, because my 10-yard pen needs a little work. <laughs> All right, on the show today, we've got Jake Major from Cobra Archery. Jake, how was your day, man? Uh, going pretty good. It's nice and warm out today. No kidding. It's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> My truck says 100 degrees right now in oh, the shade. Man. So it's yeah, a... no, we, we were we were we were 90s, but hey. we weren't that. You guys are in Texas, right? Yeah, we're we're in Northeast Texas, so uh, it's hot down here. But you know, heat's relative, no matter where you're at. Like for us, for instance, uh, if we were to go there in the wintertime, we'd probably freeze to death where you're at. So. Uh, <laughs> That'd be kind of yeah. rough. If I ever get like if the, if it ever gets down below the twenties, it's pretty tough day for me in the woods. Well, so. how, how cold weather do you guys get? Uh, well, we get that from time to time. I mean, there'll be like one or two cold spells um, in the in the winter, probably in December, that it'll be in the teens. I think I saw nine degrees one time in the past five years or wow. something like that. But that's just a you know just a little just yeah, hit, blast. hit and run kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. In two, in two days, it's 55. You know, it's, it's kind of how you, it goes. But. Do you guys ever ever have an accumulation of snow? Um, hardly ever. Yeah, hardly ever. <laughs> if if you call accumulation like it lasts more than two days, then that and Everybody's happens. reckoning to each other? You <laughs> yeah. don't have to know oh, it just takes sleep for that down here. We don't yeah. know how to drive. So. <laughs> We've kind of got an interesting situation where, like, snow can happen, but the ground's never warm enough to really, you know, keep it 
as as snow it melts off really quick and then mm-hmm. and then it'll like turn from like 30 during the day to like 16 at night and freeze everything into black ice yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so it's it's pretty dangerous actually yeah yeah i'm sure the auto body shops love it because they got good things <laughs> that time of year oh no yeah kidding. then the- that that and rut you know they're <laughs> whacking deer left and right yeah. <laughs> yeah that and then we've got uh you know crazy weather patterns in the summer so we have plenty of auto hail detailing things that pop up, yeah. you know. So cars are getting yeah, destroyed. Yeah, you left guys and right. probably get some wicked storms down there yeah. too. Yeah, uh, you know it's crazy. May? Yeah, Ooh. this past year we had like a like some 70, 80 mile an hour straight line winds that just blew down Ooh. trees and stuff yeah. um, all over the, the county. Lots but, of tornadoes, you know, in our area too. That, that's that's the only kind of weather that spooks me. Hot doesn't, cold doesn't, rain doesn't. You know, you usually have time to get away from rain if you know what you're doing. But wind. You, you can't get away from it. Yeah. If it's yeah. coming, it's coming. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that spooks me is wind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. My wife has uh, talked me into probably doing a storm shelter at our next, next house. So, j- because I guess yeah. uh, under the ground is the one you can be a gopher and get away from wind, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, do you guys have basements? No. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, uh, I mean, maybe one out of every 200 houses has a basement down here just because people probably move from up north and they're like, we need a basement, you know? But <laughs> yeah. do you all have where you're at? Oh yeah. yeah, I got a I got a nine and a half foot basement, concrete, four walls, man. Mm-hmm. The wind hits, we got a spot for it. Sweet. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and you're in uh, central yeah. Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, we're yeah we're south central. We're um, about forty minutes north of Harrisburg, right up along the Susquehanna, ten minutes from the uh, Appalachian Trail. So we're right up here, born and raised on a farm. How close uh, is that to Hershey? Hershey's about I can make it to Hershey and. 45, 50 minutes-ish, something like that. I would be large if I lived in that area. <laughs> I can tell you yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you grew up around it, it's like, yeah, another Hershey Park. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, uh, yeah. For they real. got a humongous park down there. they got a great park, and it draws a lot of people. I guess they keep adding on, keep adding on, and I guess after this new expansion they're doing, it's going to have the most roller coasters in, in, in one park in the, in the country. Wow. Man. Yeah, it's, it keeps growing. It's an enormous park right now. Enormous. Yeah, well, that's what happens to people that eat chocolate, too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep growing that's and get enormous. Yeah. It's a big yeah, metaphor. Get out there and walk it off, yeah. Get out there and walk it off. Walk all those batteries. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Well, uh, Jake, you've kind of uh, itched out a career for yourself in, in the archery world. What is it that you do, man? Well, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't have an engineering degree, okay? Mm-hmm. I was born and raised on a farm. Um God has blessed me with uh, the ability uh, to do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A mechanical mind that, uh, you know, kind of never stops. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Um, you know, I've been I've been lucky enough to be bow hunting since I was 14. A close friend of mine, I was just shooting like a, a lemon wood brie curve and stick bow with my dad's for forever when I was a kid. And then my buddy introduced me to a compound bow in October of, 83 yeah october i think it was 83 and after that man it was lights out and then uh yeah I, you know you just uh but you know i got i god bless me with a mechanical mind and you know i've been tinkering and building and doing this kind of mechanical stuff my entire life um i have a stack of sketches that goes back 20 25 years the whole way up to now you know mm-hmm. and uh we were blessed enough to – we have first owned a franchise, and now we have since sold that franchise. In the interim, we had uh, started a – we opened up a sporting goods store. And then um, we had a sporting goods store, and the refs had come in from time to time. Uh, they knew I was you know, built the way I was. 
mentally and and uh i was looking for opportunities to grow and opportunities for a challenge and and this is what uh we got an opportunity and, and it it is exactly where i'm at mm-hmm. mentally and and our lifestyle and everything you know we we hunt and fish that's what we do you yeah. know what i mean you know grew up on a farm you, you know back in the day you, you didn't go buy something you, you fixed it you yeah. figured out how it worked and and you got the welder and you, and you fixed it you didn't uh you know Go looking for the part. You didn't scroll through the internet. There was no internet. So you, just, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You just figured out how it worked. And you take enough parts off it, you figure out how it works, and you put it back together. And that's, I guess, how I started. Yeah. You know? Well, I confess, so. Amazon has kind of made me a softie when it comes to uh <laughs> It's made everybody mechanic. soft, man. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, the only problem is when you take things apart and you put it back together and it's running fine, but you got a couple of parts left over. Yeah. 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 Well, so. yeah, you just kind of throw those out in the driveway and hopefully they disappear. It's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So what was that uh, that first compound that you got introduced to? What kind of bow was that? Oh, uh, man, it, I, my very first bow was a PSC uh, back when they w- made laminated wood limbs. Oh, wow. And, the, and it was round wheels, mm-hmm. and it was actually when they used coated cable. Uh-huh. Um. You know, I was drawing maybe, I don't know, 42 pounds, something like that. It was back in the day of 55% let off. You thought you were somebody with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I used to shoot so much. There was a two-year period when I was uh, 14 and 15 through the winter, uh, January, February, and March of each, both those two consecutive years. I couldn't feel uh, my my index, middle, and uh, ring finger. <laughs> I lost. I lost it because I was shooting the barn yeah. in the cold weather all day, every day. Golly. You know what I mean? And I, and I lost. I lost feeling in, in the, like three months for two years in a row. Yep. And then I eventually switched over to release, and that all went away. But I shot so much, and I had to go talk about it. And yeah. I said, "Well, just quit shooting." I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's not going to happen." Well, so I guess the, it warmed up and it went away. So the uh, release business is kind of a passion project then, because you want the feeling in your fingers back. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, I was I was building my own releases before we got into Cobra. Oh, really? You know, I, I was shooting my own my own personal stuff before we we got into Cobra. Yeah, and uh, when the opportunity came along, um, you know, we jumped on it. So you know. It's a it's a work in progress. Uh, you know, we had it a little over two years now, and we're we're redoing it from top to bottom, A to Z, everything. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, just getting after it, just trying to make. I'm just not going to make stuff just to make stuff. You know. Yeah. I'm not, not, not who I am. I want to I want to improve on everything because I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a blood in the eyes bow hunter like you guys are, and and uh, that's all I want to do is out there and, and shoot something with my bow so you mm-hmm. spend all those years in the woods you kind of have an idea what everybody's looking for and mm-hmm. what what the you know attributes people want in a release you know you know above all they want the thing to be reliable mm-hmm. and you want to be built like a tank you know you want to ever have to worry about is my release going to work you know <laughs> that should that should be the last thing in your mind you know what i mean yeah, yeah for sure you know you're drawing down on a 170 buddy you got to have everything to go you know what i mean because because trust me I've screwed up enough myself. I want to make sure my, all my gear works. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. After so. this conversation, we might talk about how to get a 170 in front of you so you can draw <laughs> yeah. down on it. You know, that's that's the next step for me. Uh, that's yeah. cool, man. Uh, that's It's very neat to, to think about. It. Uh, KC was actually um, – KC and I were talking uh, just, I guess, a week or so ago, and um, I've been shooting a Cobra for 
like a dozen years and I've never mm. thought once about an issue with it. And it's kind of, it, it is, it, now that you say it, it, it is something that is kind of uh, a luxury and something that I've enjoyed as a luxury without, uh, probably just with taking for granted, you know, but yeah, I don't ever have to think about it. And, and, and that's what you want. It you still want shoots fine. Taken for granted. Yeah. That's what you want. Then, then, you know, you have a good product. Yeah. That's, that's how I see. I'm a musician. And so that's how we think about drummers is like, if you don't ever have to think about your drummer during a show, then that's a great show. You know what I mean? Yeah. If yep. you have to think about him, then he's done something a little bit whack. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He so. went off on his own riff. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right, man. <laughs> so, he's yeah. playing Wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They will do that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool to hear you say that, you know, about a product that works. When we live in, you know, if you want to talk about, like, the archery industry, it's driven by the ATA show, right? Everybody wants mm-hmm. something new and shiny to look at ATA show so they can sell their old one they bought last year and buy the new one, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about building releases that are going to last decades. So, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's kind of yep. countercultural. Yeah. You know, I I always look for something I can rely on, you know, and mm-hmm. I always like to get a product that I know is always going to work. So I absolutely kill myself to make sure this thing is going to be solid and always perform, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So I go to the nth degree, and everybody that's around me that can be around me while I'm in my design mode knows that I go over, over the top, you mm-hmm. know, and think, try and think of every conceivable possible issue that could possibly go wrong and try and design that, you know, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, What are some of the, like, top things that you consider uh, to make a bulletproof release? Well, you want it to be, you want it to have as minimal parts as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you get all these sophisticated parts, that's more to go wrong. Then you got all these different tolerances that stack up, and then if you're off by a couple here or there, then it's problematic. You know, you know, you want to use good materials. You want to have good uh, anodized coatings on them. You want to make sure that the, you know, you're matching materials that wear well together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um just all kinds of different stuff like that. So you need to drop in the mud and, and you're okay. You know, yeah. if you just hit it with hit it with the air hose afterwards, you're okay. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, you know. Time to time you always want to do have some kind of preventive maintenance on anything. If it's moving, there's there's wear. Mm-hmm. But you try and you know, like some of this stuff I know I've had many, many machinists go, Jake, this is you you're you don't need to go to this kind of rockwell rating for your hardness of, of your parts. I'm like, yeah. He said, listen, if you go with standard hardness, you'll be fine. I'm like, no, I want to crank it up. So we have, we have Rockwell hardness of fifty and sixty Ooh. on on our on internal parts. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not it's it's going to wear. Yeah, you know, it's going to wear really really well. It's going to withstand everything. So um, it's not going to fall apart on you. Yeah, that's so. cool. So what was the thing that you know you said you were designing some releases and stuff back in the day before you really got involved with Cobra? What was the thing that led you to kind of make your own? Like, what was the was there like a moment that's like you know I need to make something better? Well, yeah, there was. There was a couple of things I wish I could have. Like, um, like for example, um, we have a, uh, a product out now called the Accomplice. It's basically what I call a draw assist. You know, you use your hand and your thumb mm-hmm. to to you, you can double caliper, index finger release, but it's a it's a handheld with a thumb. And I made that thing oh, 14, 15 years ago, something like that. And I had and I used it. I had it on the workbench forever, and it, <laughs> and it worked well. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what it does because you know you can get a lot of power 
out of your thumb. If you grip with your thumb, I mean, you can you can really get a lot of power out of that. So if you just have your um, your thumb involved in in the in the process, man, you can really draw down easily, you know. So I was using that because when I was younger, I wasn't all that strong, and you know, strength was always not my strong point, so to speak. Because I was always, you know, 125 pounds and graduated high school. So, you know, I was, you know, I looked like I had worms. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I was just a scrawny guy. So I was always looking for an advantage to try and get that bow back in the heat of the moment. And sometimes when I was a punk kid, kind of lock up. and was like, I couldn't get my bow back. Yeah. So I was always looking for that advantage. So I made that and a couple other things and I was shooting my own stuff for a while, you know. Yeah. And I had noticed no one had really made those to any kind of you know, notoriety. So that's the kind of stuff. But, you know, you know, since the onset of, of Cobra, you know, since we bought it in July of 17, I've, I've filed 15 patents. Wow. 15. Wow. Yeah. You're like the Steve Jobs yeah. of, of release aids, man. He's <laughs> yeah. got, he's got stacked up for now. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, I just like the bow hunt, you know, and God's gave me the talent to, to design this stuff it sure. my talent it's his talent so yeah um you know so are you still shooting are you still shooting the the handheld or or what are you looking for now is it different uh, change well i i'll say this right now i am shooting the switch which is our 2019 product but um i am shooting a 2020 item now Wow. So oh, sneaky sneaky yeah <laughs> sneaky sneaky yeah, yeah. So i'm shooting that, i'm shooting that now so yeah um, can you tell you us know, anything about the premise behind that product? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, absolutely not. Well, I, I want to tell you this. There's some features on it that have never been seen before. Cool. That cool. are, I believe, in my opinion, that's just me, Jake, talking about my, you know, about my stuff, uh, are phenomenal. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let the audience, uh, you know, make their own judgment. Yeah. So Does I don't it, want to oversell it, but you know, we've got some good stuff coming. Sure. So, I mean, is there in, in regards to it, can you, can you talk about what it, what it helps as far as, uh, making a, a good shot? Like what, what, uh, little attributes are you gaining with your, your new product? So in, in other words, what are you looking to gain on what you consider to be kind of the average 2019, uh, release market? Well, there's a couple there's a couple features in this one. Um, it lines your shot up. Okay. Um, it's, there's a couple features on there that that help you align your shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you can if you can as as little torque as you can put into shooting, sure. uh, the more accurate you're going to be. Just like uh, anything else, you know, if you can if you can line up that shot, you know, elbow right down to your wrist to the knock to the point of the arrow, if they can be in, in as much alignment and, and as little torque as possible. You know, consistently, you're going to be more accurate. So anything we can do to help that process um, and make you more accurate, that's what we try and drive to do. So I got one of those features in there, and um, we still have some other features in it in one of our uh, releases we're coming out with that uh, makes life easier. Uh, <laughs> we all standard, like <laughs> then makes uh, then a standard release. So yeah, and we got some we got some stuff coming that's uh, never been seen before. Cool. Um, yeah, that's gonna. Well, I'll leave it at that. It's yeah. it's gonna be good. I'm excited to show people. Okay, yeah. master of illusion yeah. here. We're, we got it. <laughs> yeah, going yeah. On. No, I don't mean to bait anybody. I'm not no. trying to oversell, but sure. I'm just saying I'm I'm really anxious to show folks. Like it's uh, 
I'm I'm happy. So let's get down to kind of what you've got right now that we can we can uh, see and look at. I mean, why why uh, why offerings with single caliber and dual caliber? What are those? What's the difference there? Uh, is it preference, and why is it preference? If so, well, you know, it, it is a little bit preference, um, and s- some guys, uh, well, the hook example. Uh, we have a uh, release called the Moment. Mm-hmm. Very good. Breaks really clean. I always tease my wife. I said, I said, I said, it breaks cleaner than an old woman's hip. It just breaks <laughs> oh like that. <laughs> 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 but but uh, it uh, that and uh, it, you know, it's still dress your D loop really quick. The spot and stalk stuff like that. You can you don't have to look down. You can take your your thumb and and just put it and and pinch your your hook right through the D loop. You don't mm-hmm. have to look down. You know it's a dress. You know a, a single caliber and double caliper. Um, you know, you got to look down, you got to clip it on. Um, the double caliper, um, I would, I would, I feel the double caliper is, uh, more of a sense of security for folks. Whenever they have a double caliper on, they see it, they see it drop on, they push it forward. It's good for beginners. It's good for anybody. And I don't, don't mean to downplay that. You know, there's lots of very experienced bow hunters out there that like double caliper and that's great. Um, you know. I shot one for for a very long time. So, but um, the double calipers is uh, has a center has a center release. You know what I mean? Because usually whenever you have a, a hook, it spins, and then a, a single caliper, it it drops off the edge. Mm-hmm. But a uh, um, a double caliper, it co- comes off the center, lines your shot up <clears throat> off the center of the calipers. Whenever we bought the company, I took the, their design and I, I did, really didn't like it. So I, I redid it. So we have new calipers for all of our double calipers and, uh, it centers a shot and, uh, minimizes D loop wear. And you can, you do get some D loop wear with, with double and seal calipers. Usually hooks you don't, you know, if you're going to have something, you know, any kind of friction is eventually going to cause some kind of wear, especially if it's a, a fabric material, you know, mm-hmm. if you got the smoothest of smooth, it's going to eventually have some kind of uh, wear. It just it just well, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a hook a hook kind of eliminates that issue because it just spins, it just spins right out of the way. So you don't yeah. have any you know hard friction when it's trying to squeeze between two points. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't really have any tight rubs, that kind of thing. You know, last uh, season I've shot with a dual caliper for a couple of years, and uh, I was in Colorado and had a bull elk run from about eighty to fifteen real fast and Ooh, yeah. I was about to shake out of my pants so mm. it was real hard to get that dill caliper through that D loop at that yeah. moment. Yeah yeah. You know yeah, exactly. And I, ever yeah, since then I, I've been looking at those little hook types and thinking, man, mm-hmm. maybe that's what I ought to be looking at. Yeah. You know? I'm telling you, because when you're rattled, when you're rattled and it's funny because you know, when you get rattled like that, it's almost like your brain just locks up like and then when the, it all settles down it's like, why wasn't I thinking right? Yeah. yeah. You know that? You ever notice that? You know, oh, yeah. I, thank, thank the good Lord that, you know, I've luckily outgrown that, but no one's immune to it ever. You mm-hmm. know, no one's ever immune to that. You, yeah. you can, you're always, you're always going to fight that. But man, when I was a punk kid, I would get rattled and get so jacked up just with a doe coming by. I would do that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. What am I doing? She walks off. I settle down. I'm like, draw my bow and nice and calm. I'm like, what are you doing, you goof? You absolute goof. You could have killed her, and now you're, you're shaking like crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just on a doe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's nuts, man. So, um, why do you think that uh, 
people kind of are all so different when it comes to picking some type of real, of a release. Like, why do some people want to do the handheld versus wrist strap and, and that sort of thing? Um, it, it's personal preference. Um, some guys like it for control. Uh, some guys like it because uh, uh, they can just grab the, the bow and, and grab their handheld and just the, the ease of the, the power you can put in your hand versus coming off your wrist. If you, if you draw your bow properly in a handheld, I feel it's dramatically easier. But that you know that's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some guys are like no way. I, I can't. I, I feel like it's going to fly out of my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way I can do it because I just feel like it's going to fly out of my hand, and it makes me over grip and torque. And then I get back, and I'm just like gripping this thing like like a silverback. You just just grabbing a hold of this thing, and you're trying to grab it. You know, and and a lot of guys, you know, they they struggle with the right grip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They try and knuckle up with this thing, and but the but the wrist strap, you never have to worry about it. It's there, it's not coming off, mm-hmm. and you can relax and come back. You know, and uh, you know, I, I shot a wrist strap for oh my, thirty ish, thirty ish years, something like that. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, it was, it was always there. Um, the beauty of the handheld, you can hang it on your D loop when you're hunting, and you can put your hands in your pockets. I can't tell you how many times I froze to the tree just because my right hand got cold, holding on to my release. <laughs> and then it makes your whole body cold. You know what I mean? It creeps up your elbow and in your shoulder, and then for too long you're, you're shivering. Um, um, or if it sticks outside your, your pocket or your jacket, then it gets ice cold and you grab a hold and it's 12-degree release. And, man, then you go grab your bow and you're freezing. But, um, you know, it, it's personal preference. It really is. Everybody has their own style they like to shoot. You know, it's typically what makes them – the most confident. I don't care what you shoot as long as you feel the most confident doing whatever style works the best, you know, that's what you should go with. Mm, yeah. If it's fingers, you go with fingers. Whatever it is, whatever's going to make you go out in the woods and make you more confident, that's the style you shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, There's it, not one better than the other. It's just what's going to make you most confident. Right. Is there um is there a preference when it comes to like target shooters versus hunters in release? Well, yeah, I mean, the majority of your your, your target guys are, are hinge or thumb, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or back tension pull-through style. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you talk about those a little bit, what the differences yeah. and the different types of releases are for those who may not well, know? Well, yeah, I mean, the the hinge style is basically, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a handheld release that releases the arrow as you twist the angle of the handle. If you rotate the angle of the handle, um, it opens up the jaw. The trigger mechanism will eventually open the jaw and release it. It is to eliminate and help control target panic and help have a smooth, surprised release. Okay, that's that's the gist of that. And it makes sense, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I don't understand and a lot of guys do it, and they do it. They have a what's called a, a click inside those hinge releases. Small click. It's right at the end of the where it's going to release off the off the caliper, off the hook. It's a little snap, a little depression in the metal that jumps down a level before it lets go. So that lets you lets you know it's getting ready to go. So you can go back easy, so slowly twisting your wrist. Or, or changing the position of your fingers, you know, one will pull more than the other. You just let it rotate in your index, and it goes off. But you can hit a little snap, and you know it's coming then. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it helps people sometimes, and sometimes it makes people worse. Mm-hmm. I prefer 
a hinge that has no noise. Um, I just do. It's it's uh, I shoot better with that. Um, but then you have a, a a true back tension, which you draw and you settle in, and then as you bring your shoulder blades together and kind of rotate your shoulder back a little bit, you know, easing hitting the back wall and building pressure on your D loop. There's a spring inside, mechanism inside that makes it release after a certain amount of pressure. So, and you have a safety, but you do you hold me, you get back and stuff, and th- they work fine too, you know. Um, and then, and then the thumb release is b- basically it's a handheld, and then you know you can either it's a single caliper, your hooks typically they're hook. Ours is a single caliper. Um, clip them on, and you draw back, and you use your thumb to hit the trigger. So. Um, they're all good. They all work and they all serve their own purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, there's hybrids of, 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 all of them, you know? So which of those uh, should folks actually consider to hunt with? No, so I would, I would, you know, definitely, if anybody's going to hunt with any kind of handheld, you want, you definitely gonna want to go with the thumb first the, to mm-hmm. do the hinge. I know guys do it. Mm-hmm. God bless them. They're better than I am, <laughs> but you know, I could never do it with a hinge just the sheer fact of, it's an animal you're trying to kill. Yeah. Mm. You have no idea what that animal is going to do at any given point. I don't want to sit there and go, yeah, he's going to sit there for another four or five seconds. I want I want to be able to control when I let the arrow go. Yes. The, the whole purpose of the hinge is a surprise release. Mm-hmm. Well, I want it to be a surprise to him, not to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I go with a thumb. I'm so That's glad you said me. that because – Man, everything I take in media-wise, everybody's talking about the surprise release nowadays, and I'm and I get it. If you're trying to, you know, put holes in paper and you're right, trying, exactly. You know, if you but, have all day and the target's not moving, yeah. yeah. But yeah. this is a real-world scenario, and we're talking about taking the life of something. Like I need to know exactly yeah. when that thing's going to go, go off, right? Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't care if you're trying to peel a chipmunk off a log or you're trying to shoot a monster <laughs> elk. You yeah, know what I mean, it doesn't matter. You want to know when that thing's going to go. I just you want to be able to time it just right because, you know, you can. The tempo of a deer, the personality of a deer, what they're doing, what they're looking at. You, you know about how much time you have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, I mean, typically you have more time than what you think, but you, everybody has that feel if they've been doing it long enough, how much time you have. And mm-hmm. I don't want to have to go, man, I wish I had another two, two three seconds. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You know what I mean? So that, yeah. that's why I would suggest if you're going to go with a handheld, I would go with a thumb. So, Absolutely. you know, earlier you talked about the thumb having a lot of strength to it. But usually there's a kind of an inverse quality there where the more strength something has, the less control it has. And I would think, I mean, we do, as humans, we do everything with our index finger, right? Like, you know, you mm-hmm. scroll down your phone, whatever. Um, right. So is there something to the way a thumb release is designed to where it kind of uses that strength of your thumb uh, to where it can still be pretty sensitive? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, some guys like to take the, the actual trigger of the thumb release and tuck it into the palm, like mm. into the into the muscle of your of your of your thumb, uh-huh. and just and they just squeeze the release together. I got you. Mm-hmm. And some guys like to put it the way out the end of the end of the thumb and just just pluck on the end of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It 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 varies uh, depending, but that's that comes down to what's going to make what makes you feel most comfortable. You yeah. know, myself when I hunt. I simplify, 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 you know, everything Mm -hmm. from A to Z. I simplify my hunting as much as humanly possible to take out all the errors possible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If I can simplify the way I hunt, the way I shoot, 
the way I shoot my release, if I can do that without thinking, then you're going to be much more successful. Mm. So if you if you simplify what you carry in the woods, you simplify everything. There's less to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So aside from the the caliber the calipers and the the hooks and all that, um, there's another thing to choose from when it comes to the details of a release that uh, I've noticed that Casey and I typically differ on this. Um, but and I don't know the terminology very well, so excuse <laughs> this. But like there's there are releases that are stiff and kind of longer oh. and some mm-hmm. that are short and flimsy or just flimsy in general, yep. maybe not short necessarily, but what, yeah, what, you, what are the advantages of each one of those? Well, you know, the advantages of, of the, you have it like a hard post connection, what I call a post connection. Mm-hmm. It's, it sticks out from your, from your strap, you release, you know, your, your release is always straight out, mm-hmm. you know, or you have what you can use a lanyard or what's called a webbing connection. It's the, the nylon webbing that's mm-hmm. used. Um, you know, that's, that's personal reference. Um, I would say the majority of the people um, like what we call now termed foldback. Um, so, you know, we, we developed our own this year. We have a, a triple, we call a triple joint foldback. It's, it's three positions. It's forward, middle, and reverse. And that allows you to put it out of the way, climbing the stand, the snap, doing all kinds of stuff. You want to, you pull out your grunt tube, you can, you can bump, you bump a white tail, whatever. You get your binoculars and you look around, it's out of your way. Uh, some guys like the, the lanyard or webbing connection just because it basically eliminates any kind of torque that you may put on that string or in your D loop or, or kind of can't your bow to a degree because, um, it's not a hard connection right straight from your from your wrist to your to your bow. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you can kind of yeah, your wrist can be in a different position, but still re- remain relatively accurate. You know, mm-hmm. um, there again, it comes down to personal preference. Uh, you know, the overwhelming majority of our folks that we sell to, they our new triple joint that we have um, it has a middle position. Um, it's not a forward and back; it's a middle position, so you can have it in the middle position. Right, and you're doing your things hands free. Um, get your grump to do this, do that, whatever binoculars, and it doesn't take your second hand to put it in the forward position. All you do is because it's sticking straight out of the ninety, you just brush it against your ribs, you know, your, your thigh, whatever, mm-hmm. and it jumps into the, into forward positions. So you can do it uh, one hand. Gotcha. So if you get grab your grump to him, you see the white tail, you bump him, you put it back in your pocket wherever you stick it, and you and while you're holding your bow with your you know bow hand, you can just drop that release right into your hand without having to grab it and flick it in. Mm-hmm. So that's why we did it that way. So and it's pretty snappy. Works cool, really man. well. It's it's built like a tank. Sweet. Yeah, cool. It's kind of that seems to be kind of like a motif of what you're what you usually go for in releases is something built like a tank and something mm-hmm. that's always uh, been an issue for me and about anything I ever use is just uh, kind of the weatherproofing or maybe not weather, but like dust and dirt and, and junk mm-hmm. like that. Cause you know, sitting in a tree stands one thing and you just still have to deal with like things freezing up and sometimes, yeah. or, and then, you know, if we're doing some spot and stalk stuff, you know, in the West somewhere, you're crawling around on your hands and knees or you're, yeah. you're spotting hogs down here, you're in the mud, you know, there's a, yeah. a lot of issues with that. Um, how do you, uh, make a release that truly is, you know, uh, I guess weatherproof in those aspects? Well, you, you, if you can get as little as parts as possible mm-hmm. in it, that's going to help you out. Yeah, you know, it just it just will. You know, now if you're if you're crawling through sand, muddy sand, ooh man, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to help you with that one. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean, it yeah. just yeah, there, there's a there's a there's a, a part where you got to go. Ooh, that's enough. 
Yeah. You know I mean, um, there's only so much you can tolerate. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, if you can keep things where you can get to it, then mm-hmm. so you so you do get in the mud, and there is you got some stones in there, or got some sand in there, grinding and binding everything up. Because if you got tight tolerances and you get stuff in there, yeah. But you want to be able to have it so you can get to it, rinse it, mm-hmm. hit it with a hit with a air gun or something, rather, and blow all the air out of it and blow all the water out of it, and and you're back to back to normal. But that you know, if you if you try and be able to get to the parts, then you at least see, you can see what what's going on too. So there's a mm-hmm. there's yeah. an openness that you want to see to them too. Yeah, you know, I got you. Like uh, like our single jaw, man. There's nothing you can't see on that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. same with uh, same with our our hook. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing you can't see on that thing. You know, I can so see. there's something. Yeah. So if you drop in the mud, you'll be able to see any, any kind of mud that's on it because you yeah. can look all through it. I can know? see, too, where like uh, a handheld would come in handy in a situation like that where you're just like, well, I'm just going to stick it in my pocket at this point in time. Mm-hmm. You know, make right, sure you get exactly. a zipper or something, you know, to yep. make sure you don't lose mm-hmm. it. But, you know, in that scenario, having the ability to just do away with the release completely until it comes down to the moment yeah. of truth is probably pretty advantageous. Mm hmm. Yeah, and speaking you know. of uh, no, you know losing one possibly, do you ever carry? Uh, do you carry extra um, releases on your hunt, or is that just something you're kind of like, oh, I'll risk it? I, I've never carried a spare release. I don't even own a spare release. Okay, <laughs> okay. And, and I know I'm I am one of the very, 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 very few. Mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody that doesn't have two. Yeah, I, I'm the only one. Well, you know, I'm with you on that, sir. So you know, I uh, <laughs> it's um. Yeah, I, I, you know, I try and, I try and minimize, you yeah. know, all my buddies, they make fun of me all the time, every year, because you guys carry a backpack in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Really? No, absolutely never have. Never will. Really? Nope. No, absolutely not. That's interesting. Yeah. So how I much... don't carry, I don't carry any stuff. I don't take any food. I don't take any drink. Nothing. <laughs> you're, I hard, take, you're hard, man. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. I, I don't realize... even take a knife. I don't even take a knife. All I have when I leave the, when I leave to go into the woods is I have a flashlight, um, pocket watch, my cover scent, and my grunt tube. And I don't even carry binoculars. I carry a Zeiss monocular. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Cool. Well, you that's, got cargo pants or something? No, I, I mean no. It's just it's they're so small because I this is gonna drive you drive you crazy too. My flashlight, I leave at the bottom of the tree stand. I didn't take it up in the trees with me. <laughs> so all I got up in there is 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 my uh, my grunt tube, uh, and I, I leave my, my cover scent at the base of the tree, too. So my monocular and grunt tube is about all I have with me. That's it. Uh, it's That's interesting, it. man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally, you know, I, I guess I subscribe to a pretty simple theory usually as well. Not quite that simple, but, um, I mean, I, I think of it this way, and I've been talking to KC about this a lot because – uh, we are going on a, a wilderness backpack elk hunt this year. Well, and, that's a little different program. That's well, sure, program. sure, but yeah, yeah, I guess my my point here is that like we're uh, I've had to buy uh, quite a bit of gear to kind of prepare for that, you know. And so as KC, mm-hmm. and um, and we you know I, we've got a we got a video. I killed a buck a couple years ago, a really nice buck on some public land, and uh, I had a comment recently on it that was you know referred to the the fact that I was wearing um, you know a six a gear top and i had a 12 year old bow and i i now this is kind of coming around to this i guess but i've talked kc a lot about this you know if you were if you had a backup everything and and upgraded your system all your systems every year i mean you've got to be making 
well above what people normally make, you know, blue collar yeah, well, hunters do. So you, I just, you don't, you I don't mean, have to have all the fancy stuff. You right. don't got to have a new bow every year. You don't have yeah. to do all that stuff. You, you got to have what makes you confident. Sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, if you were to try to carry, uh, I mean, if you were spending 50 bucks on a release or whatever it might be, and then you wanted, oh, well, I need two of those in case one goes awry, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got, uh, if you do can subscribe to that method and you think about all the things that you might carry or you might hunt with, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, you could you could really start to add. Oh up. yeah, you got two of everything. Good night, I'd be broke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you have a retail store in the in the stand with you. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, my buddies are good. They go in with a backpack. I said, man, you hit a snowdrift on the way home. You're good for a month. Whatever you got packed in that thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. They're, they're you know it's crazy, yeah. but uh, you know that that makes them confident, and that's cool. Sure. You yeah. know, yeah. I try I try and minimize my scent, so I I want to have a, as little fabric with me. As possible, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the less fabric of other stuff I got going on, the the less likely. You know, if you can pick up one percent, you know, one percent of an opportunity. Yeah. And you do that ten or fifteen times, but you just change the odds really good in your favor. Yeah. Right. Just a little tiny thing. I'll go to the nth degree to get a one percent. Yeah. I mean, those little things add up too when they're when it's you know several of them and and Mm -hmm. uh, I mean you've kind of got you've kind of got. Uh, skins on the wall to prove that uh, you're not just crazy and just an <laughs> yeah, archery guy. You know what I mean? You know, it, it, it's, I've been blessed. You know, yeah. I find them dumb ones, you know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, it's all good, man. I mean, yeah. sometimes hunting the dumb ones is a lot more fun than hunting the smart oh, ones. You know? Yeah. It's it's much easier, you know. It's much yep. easier. So, you know, we I hunt here in PA, and if you can kill a good buck every year in Pennsylvania, you're getting it done. Yeah. You know, it's just these, these deer are... They're difficult to hunt. Now they do get stupid. I'm not gonna lie to you. They get a little stupid there in, in November, mm-hmm. you know. So um, that happens. And uh, but uh, you know, honestly, I, I try and kill my my buck before that because I, I'm out west that time of year. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been blessed to be able to go out west to, for a number of years now. So I go out there to a, a spot we have, mm-hmm. special spot out there. We go to hunt, and uh, <laughs> you know, so you know. It is what it is, yeah. but uh, I, you know, I enjoy it. I love it. You know, I, from the days of shooting chickens in the barn, you know what I mean? <laughs> when I was a kid, I tried to put an arrow through absolutely everything. I mean, everything. <laughs> everything. We'd be shooting pigeons and chickens and uh, groundhogs. And I shot a club clubfoot goose one year. <laughs> he couldn't fly. I got him. <laughs> That's rough, man. Goodness. Man, I had, uh, my my wife has been talking about getting chickens lately, and she was mm-hmm. like, do you think you could, you know, wring one's neck? Just pick it up and wring its neck? And you know, mm-hmm. I've done that with birds or whatever that I've yeah. shot, whatever. But I was like, I'll just buy a guillotine broadhead and shoot that sucker. And yeah, she's yeah, like, no, we're not doing right that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to, don't want to traumatize the kids too much. You know, <laughs> they're, you know, fluffy or milky or whatever they, you know, cluck or whatever, you know, chicken's name is you tore his head off. That's not so good. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's but, funny, man. Yeah. But you know, I, I always, I was always hunting stuff, you know, and you, you learn. Yeah. And I, I probably lost when I was a kid, probably a dozen hours down a groundhog hole. So I figured out, don't shoot him with a field point. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. We did the same thing with armadillos around here. You know, growing up, oh, I loved to shoot armadillos because they popped, you know, pow, pow. And yeah. then, like, if you don't 
put him down with the first arrow, he's going in a hole, and your arrow's toast. Yeah. I mean, quack, yeah. broke off. And they're but, tough. Yeah, yeah. they're real tough. But, yep. yeah, luckily the statue limitations are, are worn out on most of the things I killed <laughs> yeah. when I was a little kid. So I think the first thing I ever yeah. killed was a Tweety Bird or a uh, Red Bird. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you, you just kind of get that when you're a little kid, but it's it teaches you a lot. I mean, you, I learned a oh, ton absolutely. about stalking and stuff, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, yeah. because of stuff like that, you know. Yeah, just go out and hunt, go out and hunt squirrels with a twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Make you a good hunter because you're going to see stuff in the woods that you normally wouldn't see. Or you're going to have animals come up on you. You get to learn from them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Starting out young and, and, and just – you don't got to go straight to deer. I mean mm-hmm. I, I didn't go straight to deer. I was I was a, a mad squirrel hunter when I was in school too, you know. And, and uh, you know, squirrels teach you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Teach my, you a lot. I guess my last question here is, is there – was there ever a time that um, you were a kid but you weren't a punk kid? <laughs> Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Okay. I was always a punk. Okay. Always. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. I matured late. You know? Okay. You know? So, yeah. but, you know, I'm here now. God's got me here, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. I got a, a wife and, and two great boys, and, uh, you know, there's nothing better that we'll do than have, than have kids. That's yeah. awesome, so, man. That's the cool. greatest thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that, uh, no matter what I do with the rest of my life. My greatest achievement will be raising children. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, brother. How old are your kids? Uh, nine and 11. Nine and 11. That's fun yeah, ages, two, man. Yeah, two boys. You know, we, we got the farm there, and, and uh, we got a stream that goes through the yard. We got a pond in the yard. I mean, there isn't anything we can't get into. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we were out in the river over the weekend catching bass and catfish, and, you know, that's just uh, it's good stuff. You know, it's funny because they're nine eleven. And they have not hunted deer yet. Really? Really? Nope. They have not hunted deer yet. I take them with me. Yeah. You know, I I'm kind of uh, miyagiing them, so to speak. <laughs> they know how to. Yep. They know how to do a food plot great. They know how to find and and hang a stand and what to look for. They know deer sign really well. They know body language really well on a, on a white tail. All that stuff. The the foundation of of hunting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just. Uh, I want them to come and say, Dad, I want to carry the rifle, or Dad, I, I want to carry the bow. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not going to push that on them. You want to? You want to? Absolutely. I'll, I'll teach you everything I possibly can. But in the meantime, you know, we do food plots together. It's one of the funnest things we do. We always end up in a big, great big seed battle at the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, we go check trail cameras together and put out minerals together and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we built a, we built a bunker last August. It's an eight by eight. Uh, 66 untreated locust railroad ties we built into the bank. It's we call it a bunker because the uh, it it's it's buried down in the ground. Uh-huh. Half only half is sticking out, and the top's covered with dirt. So it's it's vined over, and it's just a hole in the side of the bank. You know, we put a you know it's we put rubber over top of it before we buried it, and you know you can drive over with the tractor because it's all locust railroad ties. And it's eight by eight inside. So we we got a picnic table in there. We got chairs hanging on the wall. We got water stashed in there. So we all all Melissa and the, and the boys we all climb in there together. And I don't care. We don't shoot anything. Mm-hmm. I do really don't. You know, they get to see some deer up close. Now last year, my uh, Elias, our youngest one, was giving me the devil because Jay's like, Dad, when are you going to shoot one? You drew eight times now. You didn't shoot one. <laughs> I'm like, easy, man. I want to make sure it's just right for you guys. I want to shoot one and make it a horrible experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you got to practice for that new release you designed, too, right? Exactly so you got to right. pull it exactly. back a lot. You know, this is R&D we're working on here. That's R&D. Come on. Yeah. You've got a break. Come on. That's right, man. Hey. 
Jake, it's been awesome, dude. Good talking to you. And uh, you if, if we want to send some folks to uh, to Cobra to check out what y'all have, where should we send them? Uh, CobraArchery.com. Okay. All of our stuff's on there. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. we got some incredible stuff coming. And, you know, sky's the limit for us. Yeah, for sure, man. And it, and it's cool because I believe you when you say that because you're an enthusiastic dude who's going to get some things done. So, Yeah, that's our intent. Yeah, I appreciate your time, man. What What's the hunt you're looking forward to the most this year? Um, well, I'm going to go out west hunting. Yeah. And we're going to be hunting some, some big whitetail. But my most favorite hunt I'm looking forward to is climbing into the bunker with the boys and Melissa. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, we'll probably go out the first day of archery in the evening because it's an evening spot to come down off the mountain and into the food plot. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. Those, mm-hmm. those evenings I get the climbing in the, you know, of course, we're not too scent free there. They're eating Cheerios and Oreos yeah. and drinking milk and orange juice. Like, yeah, yeah and they got Sharpies that are writing on the inside of the wall. They're like, well, we better, I hope we're downwind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make sure the wind's right. Yeah. Uh, but it's good stuff. That, that's, that's the best right there. That's the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. That sounds like a ton of fun. Well, uh, yeah. again, Jake, thanks so much for spending some time with us, yep. man. We really appreciate you answering all these questions and uh, good luck this season, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. You too, guys. And keep us posted. Let me know how you make it out. Yeah, well, we dude. will, man. Thanks. All right, take care. Understanding this stuff is really something I feel I can take my archery game to the next level. Absolutely, man. Guys, make sure you go subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and remember, this is your element. Live in it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, Enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.